Hi, this is Kurt Gouveia, number 54, Washington Redskins. You're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King, on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Hear ye, hear ye. It's time for the Sports King Show, live on Sports 106.1. The show with scores, interviews, the hottest topics, and the biggest sports stories of the day. It's the show where you'll hear from the players that make the plays, as well as the key coaches and personnel who make it happen. All of this and live phone calls from you, the Sports King Nation. Now, direct from his castle, located in an undisclosed location in the capital city of Richmond, Virginia, let's welcome to the throne, His Highness, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. And good morning, everybody. Welcome to the live edition of the Sports King. We appreciate you joining us coast to coast, internationally, around the world, wherever you're listening to the Sports King. We hope you're with family. Hope you're inside. Hope you're doing what we're supposed to be doing and uh, practicing social distancing, washing the hands, doing everything we're supposed to do. So we can affect this curve and do it the right way and uh, get everything back on track. Folks, it is not easy. Uh, We know that, but we are in this together. We're going to get through it together and we're going to come out of it better than ever. We just have to believe, have to stay together and together we will overcome this situation. Uh, We've been through so much as a country and uh, this is another uh, obstacle that we will face head on and we will find a way together. I want to let you know that coming up on the show today on the Sports King Show, uh, Cole Thompson will be joining us momentarily. Cole is our NFL insider. He writes for the Pro Football Network. He'll be joining us in hour one. Hour two, uh, former head coach of Coastal Carolina and the chairman of TD Ameritrade, Joe Moglia, financial expert, one of the most brilliant minds in the world of finance business. He's done it all and he's also been a football head coach. So we got a lot to cover with Joe, but right now we'll turn our attention to Texas and uh, joining us on the Sports King Hotline is Cole Thompson. Cole, good morning to you. How you going, Jamie? Well, all things considered, we're we're here. The sun is up here in uh, Virginia. It's a beautiful day out and um, all about the positives, my man. I know that uh, this has been hard on you and your family and uh, how are you all getting along down there in Texas? You got to make the most of a terrible situation. That was a motto that my grandfather always said, and you know that's what I've always done. I try to keep it as positive as possible during dark times. And unfortunately, although uh, sometimes things don't go your way, you still have opportunities like this to make the best of them. Absolutely. And with that, uh, we're going to do our very best. Uh, I want to uh, start with the NFL and your thoughts uh, from an objective standpoint. Roger Goodell says. He's going to move forward with the uh, draft uh, in a different uh, way. Of course, we don't know exactly how it's going to break down the draft, but he says May 9th the schedules will come out, and he fully expects to have a season with uh, fans in the stands. Do you uh, agree with this situation? Do you think that's going to happen, or do you think it'll be uh, 
Yeah, or do you think it's just kind of conjecture at this point, or do you think that uh, we will have a season in full? Well, you know, I think that there's a lot of things that go into consideration here. I kind of do enjoy the fact that Roger Goodell is at least staying ahead of the curve, kind of going out and saying, listen, I know this is something that is going on, but we do expect it to be over or solidified at this point, allowing us to play with the season. And with that, it's confidence in not only his staff, but confidence in the league and our government associates that they will be able to solve the problem. Unlike other sports, uh, there's a lot of graduations getting canceled in June that, that's two months away, so we don't even know, you know why they would do something along the lines of that. Uh, so at least they're staying ahead of time. My question is, is now the demographics that will go into things like the NFL draft and, of course, OTAs without fans or media being able to be there. Those are some of the biggest moments of the season, in my personal opinion. And without those moments, you don't really understand or know what is going on anymore. So you're hoping that everything banks and falls into your favor. But at the same time, until there is a set plan on how they plan to do the NFL draft, I'm talking to a couple of people. They said that their teams will be either at hotels or at uh, suites or something along the lines of that to be able to be involved with it, but they will be all secured 10 people per room, each staying six feet apart. Uh, they will do transfer calls instead of doing the passing the phone kind of method that we've seen in the past. Those are some areas where they're looking at, but then it comes down to how they film everything, how they get uh, crews inside the houses of players for interviews, all that stuff. You have to keep in mind that the NFL draft usually allows about 25 players at their event, and now that there's no event to be had, or at least one that will be in Vegas, there's still a lot of speculation of what will happen next. And this could either be a great move by the NFL because they know that they will be the only sport on television, or it will be a horrible move that nobody can watch, and you just have to find out online who your team took. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things that they've talked about giving Vegas an opportunity maybe in 2022. It's going to go to Cleveland 2021. But to maybe give Vegas another chance, and I think they should. They deserve it. But uh, as you said, we don't know how this is going to shake out. I feel bad for the kids. Uh, you play your whole life. You work your whole life for the opportunity to walk across the stage, hug the commissioner, have your family there, and jump up and down with them and hug them. And all the family and friends can get together for parties. And now it's going to be, as you said, isolated. It's a whole new situation we're dealing with. Um, so thanks for shedding some light on that. I want to ask you. I saw something yesterday. Um, Lamar Jackson is working out with Marquise Hollywood Brown, of course, the outstanding wide receiver, and his cousin Antonio Brown, the free agent wide receiver. Um, they're working out together. What I saw was great that they're working out together. What I didn't like was at the end they have a picture with the three of them within a foot of each other. And – you know, you look at three guys that are superstars in their own right and what they've done, but not practicing social distancing. It's great that they're together, but uh, they're actually too close together in this picture. So I'm wondering, uh, that was kind of bothersome to me at that point. But the fact that he's throwing to Antonio Brown and his cousin, of course, is Hollywood. Uh, what do you think in terms of this? Can we read anything into this? Do you think Brown... Because uh, I think he'd be a heck of an addition to the Ravens offensively, but do you think we're reading too much into it, or do you think there's some legs to it? I think there's a lot of downtime in media, and people just have to speculate kind of because that there's nothing else to talk about. I have no doubt that Antonio Brown is still a top-five wide receiver in the NFL if you were to put him back into an offense. But the way he handled himself during the 2019 season, uh, addressing 
uh, Roger Goodell in a certain way, addressing, uh, I would say, you know, his old teammates, his new team in the, uh, in the, in the Raiders, uh, the sexual assault charges, that does not get brought up enough. That's something that actually bothers me, that there's still an ongoing investigation that was going on throughout the season, and people were saying, oh, when's Antonio Brown going to play? It shouldn't matter until this gets resolved first. At the end of the day, I think that, yes, he does fit a need for wide receiver, uh, according to people that I've spoken to up in Baltimore. The team does have a plethora of wide receivers they like at the end of day two, uh, but they're not addressing that need early on unless one of the top four names really falls into their lap. I think that this is, again, it's family than family. You get a chance to work with Antonio Brown, who is at least one of the most polished route runners we've seen in the last decade on the field. Maybe that's something that Hollywood Brown need to be actually working on because last year he was a vertical threat. You want to maybe extend his role into that smaller possessional type receiver as well as has that vertical presence. But maybe that was all it was. I do see the need for the Ravens, but at the same time, it's a dead time in sports right now. And we have nothing to talk about. And with Antonio Brown, especially when you get a name like Bruce Arians to come out and blatantly say, no, we're not going to sign him. And you've worked with Arians in the past. That should be a red flag indicator for all 32 NFL teams to be able to go out and say, okay, what did Arians exactly mean by that statement? And then you follow it up with times with people in Pittsburgh and people in now Las Vegas during his brief stint with the Raiders. I think that there are just way too much time on people's hands and they're reading far too into it. They're cousins. That's all I think took away. Well, I agree with you. Bruce Arians, who I have so much respect for, a player's coach, and uh, he was with Antonio Brown. If you can't get along with him there and there was some friction or some issues there and the fact he didn't bring him to Tampa or say, hey, we're interested in that, a playmaker that he is, I think he looks at him as a locker room cancer and a guy that could definitely disrupt the foundation of a team. So, therefore, he's going to stay away, which in turn could hurt his chances elsewhere. Yeah, I mean, I would think so, too. I, I was actually a uh, component of working on the Arians quarterback whisperer book, and there were anecdotes where he talked about his receivers in there. Uh, but there was, a, there was a tweet that came out not too long ago that I think really pushed over the ledge, and it was when uh, uh, Brown came out and said how he worked better with Emmanuel Sanders, who over, they overdrafted him because they were in the same draft class, both uh, picked with the third and sixth round pick, respectively. But at the same time, then he goes out and he calls him a clown and a problem in the locker room because of he's wearing Biff hats and looking like a fool on the sidelines in Arians. I don't agree with those statements. And here's the thing. Imagine you saying that to your boss. Do you keep your job tomorrow? No, they're going to probably fire you. I, don't, I definitely understand Arians' concern about bringing in a locker room who now looks to be a true contender. I have to give it to him. It, you, you still have some pieces you need to fix in the draft, such as I think offensive tackle, maybe something on the defensive backside. But overall, this is a new and improved Tampa team, and you don't want one player ruining that team. Because remember, a lot of people thought Pittsburgh was going to be in the ASC Championship, Brown's final season there, and they didn't even make the postseason. When you look at uh, switching gears to Alabama quarterback Tua Tagovailoa, of course, uh, four months after the injury, projected as a top ten pick, he said yesterday on Sports Center he's a hundred percent now, and of course he's trying to get it out there so he can definitely let people know he's ready to go, whether he is or whether he isn't. Haven't been able to really look a lot at his uh, 
uh, x-rays because, uh, you know, of course, the social distancing, he's not allowed to do a lot other than some of the media stuff on the uh, YouTube type deals and the Zooms and the various uh, other aspects where you can have the go to meeting type deals. What are you hearing? Do you just think it's going to be the Dolphins at the end of the day, or do you think somebody else could jump up and steal them? Um, is he really, in your opinion, ready right now to start and play in the NFL as he is? Well, no, I don't think so. But you have to keep in mind that his date was March 31st for him to be able to return to full productive football activities. And then yesterday was April 1st. So technically speaking, if he believes his body is ready and a doctor was able to come in and clear him, it would have met the date times that we were told long before COVID-19 started taking over and not allowing us to have more in-depth sources with the people that we were working with. So I look at this move and I look at what I've seen from these people and I look at what, you know, everything that's been going around. And according to two people that I spoke to, it's all based off team. Some people are cheering that the Dolphins are actually higher on Oregon's Justin Herbert due to his ability to remain healthy. Three lower body extremity injuries definitely put a little bit of a red flag on a person because you're already coming in susceptible to taking on big time hits that could end in career ending injuries or at worst season ending injuries. So for me, I look at this as you have to trust whichever person is telling you the story. Now, if I was to be a betting man, if they stay and remain at number uh, five, I do believe Justin Herbert would be the pick. But if they trade up, they're trading up for Tua Tagovailoa. This is, again, this is the quarterback that I believe has the highest upside in this draft class because of his age, because of his youth, because of his ability to work with three different offensive coordinators and still find success. I look at all of those things and go, okay, now I understand why Tagovailoa is probably the one quarterback you want on your roster if you're building for the long term because you can kind of mold him into what you want. But none of them, in my personal opinion, are ready to start day one exactly. I just feel like Burrow would be the opportunistic to start day one in Cincinnati, while both Herbert and Tungabailoa, probably Los Angeles and Miami respectively, have at least bridge guys in Tyrod Taylor and Ryan Fitzpatrick. So in your view, you think Tungabailoa is ahead of Burrow uh, as far as if you had to take uh, one or the other? In this year's draft, no, I would not. I would take Joe Burrow because if I know what Joe Burrow is going to bring to my team and I don't have to worry about those, those lower body injuries. But if I am looking at this for a long-term investment, which I think every team does, and Tagovailoa finished the season healthy, I actually would take Tagovailoa because if I understand that this is a guy who's a little younger. Uh, he's only going to be 21 when the season starts. You have almost a 24-year-old in Burrow being on your Cincinnati team. So you're a little behind and he's easier to kind of mold himself around. Don't get me wrong. We saw what Burrow did in a Joe Brady-led offense. Right. Well, if he doesn't go to Carolina, there's not a Joe Brady-led offense for him in Cincinnati. We don't know if he's going to revert back to 2018, getting the job done game manager style quarterback that he was uh, under Steve Essinger and the other offense coordinator during that 2018 season where they went to the Fiesta Bowl against UCF. So Tungo Iloa, to me, just is a prospect who has so much more upside. But those lower body extremities, they worry me. Left-handed quarterbacks also. We don't know as many in the, in the NFL, and we haven't seen as many be successful. So that's another thing that you have to worry about. I think that there's so much more potential for Tungo Iloa to improve over Burrow, but I still would take Burrow number one 
just because of everything he did in his final season. Yeah, I think Burrow's ready. I think Burrow can start from day one. He's going to have some growing pains, but I think he's more ready. But then again, to your point, is he a system guy or is he going to be able to flourish in the Cincinnati offense? We're going to have to wait and see. That's why they play the game. Let me turn my attention to a guy that's been on our show here, Tom Flacco, brother of Joe Flacco. Um, He won't be a first-round pick like his brother. He's not as big. But uh, when you watch film on him, he throws the ball. He's accurate. He's an athlete. He runs well. Uh, there's a place for Tom Flacco in the NFL. What are your thoughts on the young man uh, in terms of uh, out of Towson as far as his prospects? Are you hearing any particular team, or you just think he's going to be a guy that can really jump in there and do something big at the next level? I think he's going to be a guy who you have to just hope makes it to the NFL and then kind of makes a name for himself. Uh, a guy that I look at is the uh, the quarterback from uh, Trace McSorley out of Penn State. That was a guy who a lot of people thought was going to be a switch of position. Instead, he played a kind of Taysom Hill-like role in Baltimore's offense when given the opportunity. I feel like that's going to be Tom Flacco's kind of style. You have to find him a nice niche role. Maybe it's because of his brain, what he was able to do at Townsend. I mean, he was very talented for the Townsend Tigers. Uh, He completed 60% of his passes for over 2,831 yards, 22 touchdowns and six interceptions in his last season. Uh, but he never really faced really tough competition. That's the other thing I like I talk about with people all the time from my days working in the AAF and working around, you know, kind of the minor league style football. They all say, oh, you know, any, any NFL team could go up against this team and it would probably be a close matchup. No, no, it wouldn't. Just like any college team going to go up against one of those minor league teams. They're the best players from their school on a roster and they still aren't good enough for the NFL. I think that that is where... Flacco will fall short because if he doesn't have all those intangibles that facing off against top competition. So again, this is a guy who's probably going to be a day three pick, maybe an uh, undrafted free agent. And you just have to see what he does when he goes to whatever team picks him up. You're listening to Cole Thompson. You can follow Cole at Mr. Cole Thompson, his handle, and he also is a writer for the Pro Football Network. He is our special NFL insider on the Sports King Show. And uh, turning our attention to Jadavion Clowney, his asking price of $20 million a year for Seattle, he's now dropped it down to 17 to 18 uh, But it seems like he's not getting a lot of action right now. Is it just because of the times? Is it because people aren't focused on him? Or is it because, in my opinion, the guy takes plays off? He's not an every-down guy. He seems like he plays here and there. He's not a full-motor guy, a guy that can turn it on and be dominant, but he's not always dominant like he should be. What are you hearing there? He's seeking a number close to 17 to $18 million. Um, The Titans are interested. Seahawks interested. Does he re-sign with Seattle? Where does he go? What are your thoughts on Jadavion Clowney? I think if he goes back to Seattle, it is a one-year prove-it kind of deal again. You know, those numbers did not improve in the sack column when you're in a contract year. He had a career-low three sacks during that time period other than his rookie year when he only played in two games. So all of that aside, you have to look at a guy who's never been a double-digit sack leader who wants double-digit sack money. But you pay him for his ability to stop the run. This is the number one run stopper in the NFL, in my personal opinion. And he's been that way since about 2017-2018 season when he was playing under Bill O'Brien in the Houston Texans. His ability to get into a backfield and stop running backs behind the line of scrimmage is unheard of, and he's been an elite run defender since those times back in NRG Drive. So I definitely think that there is a home for him in the NFL. The question is, is a team going to be willing to pay 
for just a run stopper. The Tennessee Titans do make sense because they lost Jarrell Casey, and he could play a similar role as a kind of standing nine technique. Maybe you put his hand in the dirt. I didn't like that they moved him to a three-slash-three-I, almost like middle five tech in Seattle, which I think took away his sack production. But it did boost his numbers against the run. Those are the things that I wonder if you're going on in conversations. Are we going to pay pass rushing money for a run stopper when we can probably get another run stopper for a lot cheaper of a price? All of those things aside, kind of, I think, will play a factor into what happens with him. Ultimately, I do think he ends up back in Seattle, but it's only on a one-year deal. It's not going to be something that is going to be a long-term process, and he will be in the free agent market once again next year. You are in Texas, and, of course, uh, you hear a lot of Cowboys chatter, as you would. Uh, Alden Smith, 30 years of age, has not played in a game since he was suspended in 2015 because of legal and substance abuse issues. Jerry Jones has decided to give him a second chance and invite him to the Cowboys in a $4 million deal. He was the seventh overall pick in 2011 draft by the San Francisco 49ers. He has uh, 47 and a half sacks in 59 games. Uh, of course, Jerry Jones has a you know history of giving guys second chances. Alden Smith was all smiles upon the contract signing, said life is good. I'm thankful. I'm blessed. I'm a cowboy. It's a one-year deal. A really uh, great opportunity for this young man to turn his life around with the Cowboys. Do you think he will? And what are you hearing about this signing? You know, I'm hearing a lot of people just being happy that Alden Smith will get a second chance and that he's been in a rehabilitation program. According to Jay Glazer of Fox Sports, he has been working in rehabilitation for the past eight months to help get sober, help get his head on straight and put him in a place to where they do believe he will be successful. And this is a guy who is 30 years old. He's not old for the league. He's old for the fact that he hasn't played since 2015 with Oakland in that one year. The question now will be, can he bring that same consistency to the forefront? you got to remember, his first two years in the NFL were some of the best for a young pass rusher. 14 sacks year one, 19.5 sacks year two, and he earned an all-pro selection that year. Even in his third year with, um, with uh, San Francisco when he was limited to only 11 games, he still had eight sacks that year. All those things you have to wonder, is he going to be that same guy when we bring him back to our defense for Dallas? If so... This is a very smart signing for a proven pass rusher, and it kind of also takes away a need that you maybe don't need to address in the NFL draft early anymore. Maybe you can find your diamond in the rough pass rusher somewhere on day two and focus all your attention on either trading back, getting more picks, or selecting a cornerback such as Florida's C.J. Henderson or TCU's Jeff Gladney as your replacement for Byron Jones. I think that this is a risky move because of, again, four years away from football. Those are hard to come back from. But at the same time, if it does work out, you have a pass rusher who's going to always be kind of a small, prove-it, cheaper deal, in my personal opinion. And also, you're going to be able to address your other needs really early in the draft. This is a potential win for all involved, but it's a very big win for uh, Alden Smith, who, in my opinion, was the next up-and-coming pass rusher to go alongside Von Miller, who unfortunately just could not stay out of trouble. Those were the reasons he is out of the NFL, not because of poor production that he had with any of his teams. 
Our special guest, Mr. Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson. He also writes for Pro Football Network. Cole, we're going to take a break. We're going to come back. I want to ask you about Tim Jernigan signing. Uh, the Houston Texans have reached a one-year deal on him and some other news in the NFL. Stay with us and don't go away, folks. We'll be right back. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hey, this is Joe Theismann, and you're listening to the Sports King with Jamie King. Coastal Carolina University offers you the academic experiences you need to succeed after college. From marine science to computer science, from theater to music technology, from hospitality management to health administration, there is a place for you at Coastal Carolina University. With inspired learning opportunities in the classroom, in the field, online, and around the world, Coastal Carolina offers the opportunities to support and empower your success. Visit coastal.edu to learn more. Sports King Nation, want to take part in the show? Here's your chance to call the studio line. 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. And welcome back. Thursday morning edition of the Sports King of Sports 106.1. Joined again by our NFL insider from Texas. He is... Mr. Cole Thompson. You can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, and he writes for the Pro Football Network. Colt, uh, before we went to break, we were discussing uh, the Houston Texans reaching a one-year deal worth up to $3.75 million with defensive tackle Tim Jernigan. Uh, your thoughts on this signing and the impact it'll have on the Texans? Well, I think it's a move that, yeah, it works because if you need to fill the need of nose tackle, that was replaced by DJ Reader, who signed a lucrative deal with the Cincinnati Bengals. But at the same time, it's not a deal that probably a lot of people will be that excited about. Keep in mind, Jernigan was traded and was nothing more than a depth piece during his time with the Philadelphia Eagles after being pretty much a standout with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm sure that this is a deal that does go through and it makes Texans fans happy because of the fills that need. But you could have had DJ Reader for probably right around the same price and you had the money to do so. Bill O'Brien's been making a lot of crazy moves in recent weeks. This is another one of those ones that just is very questionable, and I'm not sure that people are going to be as pumped about it in the sense of, oh, yeah, you know, we could have had this guy, but, man, we got DJ. We got DJ. Nope, we don't have DJ Reader. Now we have Timmy Jernigan. Yeah, if it's a need. All right, so if it's a need, that's about it. Okay. Uh, I like the way you put that. Uh, as I look around the NFL, I look at teams that are really making some noise, and for me, a team that really uh, quietly going about their business under Matt Rule really starting to turn some heads. I'm loving this Teddy Bridgewater signing, and I think uh, Panthers are really putting together something special under rule. I think offensively they could really have some pieces. Your thoughts? Uh, I look at the Panthers as a team's made some real moves. Who do you uh, see out there beside the Panthers maybe that uh, also have made some moves that really have uh, made you turn your head and say, look at that team? Panthers made me turn my head in a negative way. I don't like the signing of Teddy Bridgewater for that price, although I do understand the reasoning. Listen, you bring in a healthy quarterback and you bring in someone who definitely has the ability to, I think, command an offense. But keep in mind, it's been three years since Teddy's been a full-time starter, and you threw him a $63 million deal, just about $15 million short of what originally was a Kirk Cousins-like deal for a guy who's played in five games. We've seen this before in the past where a veteran gets to prove himself after having very minimal success, it's gone on a trend. We've seen it with Blake Bortles. We've seen it with, uh, you know, with Brian Tannehill. We've seen it with Brock Osweiler. We've seen it with Nick Foles. Now we're seeing it with Teddy Bridgewater. If this move does not work, 
This puts Carolina back even further, and I have to trust P.J. Walker, who was a standout in the XFL, does that transition to the NFL. That's up for another question. But he has to leave your team for the rest of the year, and you may just be taking for uh, taking for Trevor, or you may just be just grabbing it for Justin. I mean, that, that's, that's the reality of it when you look at this team if Bridgewater can't get the job done. A team that I do think made a lot of moves quietly but is going to improve are the New Orleans Saints. They had very few holes on their roster, and they were able to address several of those needs pretty early. The addition of Emmanuel Sanders in the slot now adds a vertical speed threat to pair alongside Michael Thomas. And the one thing you get to love about the Houston Texans offense, although a lot of people hate Houston right now, is they had that decoy in Will Fuller downfield that took pressure off Kenny Stills and DeAndre Hopkins across the middle of the field. That will be the same kind of role you'll be able to see in New Orleans with Sanders. The addition of Malcolm Jenkins is a huge upgrade, in my opinion, over Von Bell. So now you get a veteran presence to play that strong safety position to go alongside one of the better cover safeties in Marcus Williams and Marshawn Lattimore in the secondary. Now you can turn your attention to probably addressing your first three needs with bringing in a linebacker such as Patrick Queen out of LSU, a wide receiver such as maybe Justin Jefferson out of LSU, or a cornerback such as Jeff Gladney out of TCU, and find those other two needs somewhere on later in the draft. Those are their three still biggest positions of weakness. And while the NFC South may have gotten better in almost every level with the signings of Todd Gurley and Dante Fowler to Atlanta, Tom Brady to Tampa Bay, and the franchise tag of Shaquille Barrett, and the moves in Carolina. New Orleans is not going to give up the NFC South that easily, and they're still, in my opinion, the leading contender to win the division come 2020. Okay, so I'm going to disagree with you a little bit here. I went back and I watched every game Teddy Bridgewater played. Now it's a sample size. I agree with you. Five games. Undefeated in those games. He looked fluid in those games. He threw the ball well. There wasn't a lot of erratic play. I mean, he had control and had command. So I'm looking at him taking the next step. I see what you're coming from. Definitely, I don't think I would have gone $63 million into Teddy Bridgewater, but I do see a lot of upside to him, more so than a Bortles, more so than a Covens. To me, I see him as a potential guy that could be a great fit. And boy, is Matt Rule banking on it because $63 million, you're going to have to ride that storm out. So as you said, uh, we hope the best for them, but it is a risk. I do agree with that. Let me ask you this. Yeah. In the guy that just left Carolina, Cam Newton, what are you hearing? We're hearing the Chargers. What are you hearing as landing spots for Cam Newton? There's not a real one right now. And maybe it's because of the lack of personnel that's able to go out and sign these players during the free agency. You know, there's a lot of, there's you know, free agency periods kind of done because of COVID-19 right now. So we're not going to know when he signs with anyone. But because of that, there's no real big-time name going out and reaching out and saying, hey, we want to bring in Cam Newton, an injured play quarterback. But I think the release of Newton, instead of finding a suitable trade partner, kind of says a lot about what they think of his longevity left in the career. <laughs> when you have a guy who was an MVP four years ago who has now multiple injury concerns, you don't view him as the franchise quarterback moving forward. You view him as maybe a guy who – gets an opportunity, makes the most of it, and if he does pan out, that's a big if, and he can stay healthy all 16 games, now you have a guy to build around. So until all this kind of COVID-19 stuff kind of comes to a closer end and we can start seeing some normalcy back in our in our daily lives, I see this is a move that Newton's going to eventually get another job in the NFL, but there's no set team, especially due to those injury concerns, because if, if he was, completely healthy 
I think that some team would have at least given up a sixth or seventh round pick to get him. And Carolina would have walked away with something in their deal. Okay. And that's probably why not, because of the injury factor. But we've seen some video where he looks like he's improving, and hopefully he will to get his career started somewhere else. Let me ask you this in regards to the Redskins situation. I'm not sold on Haskins Jr. I think he's still a work in progress. He's got some upside. Obviously, a strong arm guy, but uh, not a lot of mobility there. you got Kyle Allen you bring in that uh, started off great in Carolina until people figured him out and saw film on him, so he's a 500 guy. So two guys that are kind of in the same boat. And then they're talking about Alex Smith being the third guy. What are you hearing? Is he done? Because, you know, he had a hard time just even walking months ago, and now we're getting to the point where he's getting better and better. Do you see him ever stepping on the field again, or is this just uh, smoke and mirrors by the Redskins trying to uh, maybe get somebody else? Or do you think Smith actually is in the plans to eventually come back? I think Smith will try to come back. I'm not sure if he ever will come back. I mean, that's a Joe Theismann injury. People compared it because it was on the same day, the same leg, and the same style that Joe Theismann's career ended on, that he will never play another down in the NFL. I think that because of the success and the moderation of technology, especially in the medical field, this is an injury that will not keep him off the field completely. But the problem is he's 35 years old. He hasn't played in two years. You're not really sure what you're getting, and there's not a lot of teams out there, in my personal opinion, that are going to take a risk on a guy when they can draft a younger guy, and if it all fails, you can bring in a future. If he does come back, he will be a backup, I think, for at least a little while, even in Washington before Haskins Jr. would have to obliterately mess things up or shoot to get another shot, and even then, I think this would just be his final hurrah. I do think that if Alex Smith does come back, this will be his last year. It's just to show people, hey, I'm still fighting, and I was able to do something that a lot of people told me when my career was over. I do not see him as a full-time starter in the NFL anymore. You know, it's a shame. He's a good-looking guy. He's got a beautiful family. He's a smart guy. He could go in the broadcast booth. I I hate to see him uh, risk an injury again after what he's gone through. And, folks, you have to understand, Alex Smith uh, could have died through that. I mean, he had an infection. He had some really bad uh, things happen after that surgery. He was touch and go for a while. So for him to even think about coming back, it shows how much he wants to compete. And, and But then again, you have to be realistic and say, from a family standpoint, what's better for my family and my future? Um, looking at the Redskins, we're still worried about this Trent uh, Williams situation is just dragging on. Will he come back? Won't he come back? Some people want him. Some people don't. I, as a fan, I'm sick of the deal. Uh, you know, the guys have played in a couple of years, wants to be paid top dollar. Is this going to shake out? Is it going to shake out soon? Will they jettison him out and get somebody in here quickly or what? Honestly, I have no idea on this one. We've seen this before. We've seen people say they want out and they don't get out until – long, long, long after everything happened. So for me, I just don't know what the plan is. But if Ron Rivera, a player's coach, still cannot get someone on board, I think this is the best move to ship him out. The problem is is that probably Dan Snyder and the staff have to lower their asking price. This is an all-pro tackle. And, yes, when he is healthy, I do believe he is, if not one, he is the best left tackle in football. But at the same time, he hasn't played in a year. You don't really know what you're getting. But also – this is a guy who wants out and will sit out as proven in the past just to not play for an organization. So my personal opinion, if you want him out, Dan Snyder, lower the asking price. Lower it as much as you can to where you still walk away with something competent, but you're not getting a first-round pick for him. You maybe will get a second-round pick in 2021, 
and you won't get one this year. I just don't think that the price that Dan Snyder wants is going to be on the table. And if they want him gone, and a lot of fans, if they want him gone, they better get used to having another name in here because of it's going to be a low, low, low price to get him out. Our special guest in Hour 1, Cole Thompson. You can follow Cole at Mr. Cole Thompson. He writes for Pro Football Network. He's the Sports King NFL Insider. And got a, just two more questions left for you. Uh, in this segment, um, the Thomas Davis Sr. signing, of course, a great impact guy with Carolina. He's a great locker room guy. He's a tackling machine. He's getting up in age. But a uh, guy that led team and tackles many years in a row. Uh, your thoughts as far as what he'll do in Washington. Do you expect him to be an every-down player or a situational guy here in D.C.? Situational guy. He was brought in because of what he learned under Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera wanted to bring in a veteran presence who knows what the linebacker role is. I still think they could be in the running if they trade back in the number two pick for a guy like Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson to play that linebacker hybrid role. I just am not sold right now that Davis is a three-down thumper anymore like he was in Carolina. This is all to help change the culture of what is going to be in Washington's locker room more so than it is going to be on the field. Sure, he'll probably bring up about 50, 65 tackles a year because they'll play him in situations. But he's not a guy who I see as a viable long-term starter, and that will not stop the team from addressing a need at inside linebacker, especially if there's any report that Reuben Foster has had a setback, the team will probably release him, and that will be the end of his career in the NFL. I'll tell you what, I love this Isaiah Simmons from Clemson. I think he is dominant, and I'm not saying he's better than Chase Young, but I'm going to tell you what, this guy could have an equal impact in the NFL. He is a game-breaker. I would love to see the Skins get him. I don't think he lose with either one of those guys. And uh, in regards to our final question for you, uh, Tom Brady, of course, he's down in Tampa. What are you hearing? Because we know they have Mike Evans, uh, Chris Godwin. I mean, they've got pieces around them to an extent, but they need some more help from a backfield mate, from another receiver, maybe a tight end addition. What are you hearing in terms of what Tampa's doing offensively to try and shore it up and give him all the pieces he needs to make a run for it? Well, what I've been told is that they will not trade up in the draft for one of the top four tackles, so they kind of have to hope that one of their top four guys falls down, whether it be Louisville's Mackey Alabama's Cedric Wills, Georgia's Andrew Thomas, or Iowa's Tristan Woods. If that's the case, that is what they will do. They will probably draft an offensive tackle with that 14th overall pick. If not, they're probably going to go defensive line. Uh, I've heard John Von Kinlaw's name thrown around, Derek Brown out of Auburn's name thrown around. Uh, I don't see them in the market for a wide receiver this early when they have two wide receivers who still will be on contract through the end of the 2022 season. So overall, I just see this as a move that, yeah, I think that you could address uh, multiple offensive needs Running back, it's too soon. Maybe in the round two, you go get a guy like Florida State's Cam Akers or even uh, DeAndre Swift out of Georgia, but you don't take one this early. It will be, in my opinion, offensive tackle or defensive tackle, depending on how the draft falls in their favor, and they're going to make some small moves. But again, it's Tom Brady. The one thing that he complained about for years in New England was he never had the offensive weapons that he always wanted. Now you're going to be able to probably have that with a ton of talent, and I think Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, and O.J. Howard, a tight end, which he loves to throw to and has not had the opportunity to break out because of the system he's in. I think that they're at least a front runner for the NFC, but I'm not going to crown them AFC, the NFC champions just yet. I want to see how the draft pulls out before we see what Tom Brady's new team is going to be like in 2020. 
Folks, you can follow him at Mr. Cole Thompson, and he writes for Pro Football Network. He's the NFL insider for the Sports King Show. Cole, thank you so much. Listen, we wish you and your family the very best, and I know you're hunkered down there in Texas. You guys are staying safe. We wish you the best of health, and uh, stay tight with your family, and we appreciate you joining us this morning and look forward to hearing from you again as we get closer, hopefully, to normalcy uh, as the days go by. And once again, thank you for joining us. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me, Jamie. Cole Thompson, our NFL insider. We're going to take a timeout. We're coming back. we got a lot more show. Don't touch that dial. You're listening to Sports King on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Joe Beninati. You're listening to the Sports King, Jamie King on Sports 1061. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. You're listening to a man whose future is so bright, he's got to wear shades. The Sports King on Sports 1061. Welcome back. Uh, Thursday edition of the Sports King. And I tell you what, looking out our studio window, absolutely beautiful. And uh, blue sky, sun is out. And Ben and I both uh, deal with some allergy seasonal. And I tell you what, uh, as Ben was saying, pollen is definitely out too. But, uh, folks, we're one step closer and one day closer. And I know there's a lot of folks suffering out there. We're praying for you. We're pulling for you. And we want to thank all of you that are in the front line, the doctors, the nurses, the EMTs, the uh, folks that are doing everything, the nurses, everybody that are uh, doing all the things for so many people out there. Uh, we can't thank you enough. And uh, to the people that are delivering food in trucks and the delivery drivers and, uh, you know, folks that are working the grocery stores and working long hours, we thank all of you. Um, now, if we could just find somebody on the inside, I, my daughter is a manager of a store and I got to say, Hey honey, how about an extra roll of toilet paper for dad? But, uh, it doesn't work that way. I don't even have that kind of connection there. No sanitizer, no toilet paper, no nothing. Um, it really is something. If you don't get there early, Ben, you're pretty well shut out. I've had people call and say, Hey, do you know where I can go? And I know sports, but I don't know, uh, supermarkets as well <laughs> in terms of, uh, where to go. But I'll tell you what. The paper product industry is absolutely uh, working overtime because folks are in dire need. And please make sure if you can share with others. And uh, remember, sharing is caring. So do your best out there. And we thank you so much for tuning in to Sports King today. We thank Cole Thompson, our, our one guest. We have Joe Moglia, the chairman of TD Ameritrade and the former coach of Coastal Carolina, joining us here after the top of the hour. We want to go to a few things. Ben, I believe we have a couple cuts from uh, Tua in regards to some of his uh, meetings that have been going online. What do you have for us? Yeah, there's a, a pair of audio pieces to play that, that came from Tua um, during the day yesterday. We'll start with uh, the first one. It, it's a weird time for everybody right now, and the sports world, of course, is not immune to that, uh, especially for the NFL. They've been going through with free agency and signings and, and all that type of thing, trades, what have you. Uh, as far as the draft is concerned, it's a little weird not being able to really you know, talk in person and, and, and meet up with guys like you normally would. Two is not immune to that either. Rookie QB, uh, or set to be a rookie QB in the league, Tua Tagovailoa, 
uh, talks here about having virtual meetings with a couple of teams leading up to next month's or this month's NFL draft? It's been pretty much a daily thing, you know, with, with these teams, the virtual uh, meetings, but it, they, they've all been really good at the same time. Now, note, he didn't use anybody by name, which, of course, he can't do, uh, but seems like things are progressing, and he's posted a bunch of videos here the last couple of days or last week or so of him moving around and showing his mobility or mobility in the wake of the hip injury that he sustained last season and looks good uh, from what I can tell, and I'm sure a lot of teams out there are evaluating and are in the process of, uh, you know, where to where to put him on on their 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 draft board? The Dolphins, of course, have been tied to him a bunch, so we'll see what happens as far as that's concerned. Uh, the other cut from him is the the young man exudes confidence. That's for sure. You have to um, yep. going all the way back to um, coming into the title game and, and leading Alabama to a title a few years back. Uh, Tua feels he can play in the NFL right away. Let's hear from him one more time. Yeah, I, I feel I feel as normal as as can be. I feel like if. If I had to go out there and perform the same way I did my sophomore year and my junior year uh, being 100% healthy, I mean, I, I feel like I'd be able to go out there and do that. So Tua. Confident. I mean, he's confident he can come in day one. So Ready to go. And, of course. <laughs> he and everybody else. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. ready to go. Um, great career at Alabama. A guy that knows how to lead. We've heard nothing but great things about him and from a character standpoint, and he's worked very hard to get back, and he's sitting there. Everybody's kind of circled the Dolphins at number five, but... Will he be there at number five? Will he be there? That's, That's the a great question, Ben. Yep. And um, some folks are thinking somebody's going to jump up. Uh, you got the Lions there. You got the Redskins. You got so many questions. I just don't see the Skins getting out of the defensive side of things. Uh, now, if you could get a Tua and then get a Simmons and you know move back and get a guy like that, that's highly unlikely because Simmons is just a top 10 talent to me. But um, when I look at what he brings to the table, what, uh, uh, of course, Chase Young brings to the table, I mean, you've got a you know plethora of, of great players there in that top 10 that can really change your franchise's fortune. So it's going to be interesting. But, uh, it, you know, when you look at the Tua, he's come back uh, and he's been damaged in terms of his hip and he suffered some really big hits, and you just wonder from a durability standpoint. He's young, but you just wonder uh, physically he's going to be able to stand up to the NFL rigors that are in terms of the physicality aspect. I mean, he did it at Alabama. He played against some of the biggest guys um, in the That's country. What Cole said on the phone, you know, it's not just the hip, but the uh, the ankle yep. yeah, injuries and things that he's gone through. Does that scare a team away? Well, especially in this day and age where you really can't do a. I guess they're trying to do as thorough an evaluation as they can, but not not your normal process. Right. And you know the guy, when he's right, is right. But you wonder, can he withstand a full season and now an extended season with uh, the possibility of taking such big hits that NFL quarterbacks take? Uh, he has been prone to injury, so you worry as an investment. Uh, when you look at quarterbacks, you also look at how many games did they start, how many games did they finish, uh, what's their durability factor? Of course, Tua has been able to play in the biggest moments and perform when he's right and when he's healthy, when there's guys around him protecting him. 
He's as good as anybody there is. But the question is, can he make it through an entire game uh, for 16, 17 weeks or however long we're going to go in terms of uh, how long the season is going to be? So you're wondering out loud as I read a lot of things about will we have a season? Will it be on time? Uh, Right now, Roger Goodell wants to keep things normal, saying we're going to have the draft. Ben talked about it earlier. And uh, in terms of will it be in a room? Will it be over seven nights? We just don't know that, but uh, the fact is we're going to have a draft. We're going to have a season schedule, I believe, out May 9th, so they're going to talk about that. And then the other thing is we're not going to have the draft in Vegas as it was going to be, so will guys just be in rooms on video chat type deal? It could be something we've never seen. Obviously, it will be something we've never seen before, probably just the young man in the room uh, on a television screen talking to maybe an executive on the other end, that type of thing, and then he's going to have to just kind of celebrate himself. So. It's uh, it's going to be interesting. Stuff we've never, ever thought we'd see before we're going to see this year as far as the NFL draft. But hopefully we can return from a sports standpoint to a regular season. And I don't know if fans are going to be flocking in mass to start, but if they come back a little at a time, hey, just as Ben said yesterday, even to see baseball with nobody in the crowd, just to see guys hitting the ball and running around and giving us a sense of normalcy, that's what we want more than anything is to feel like we're back in some semblance and uh, hopefully that'll happen sooner rather than later. Anyway, here's what we've got. Joe Moglia, the outstanding coach at Coastal Carolina and the chairman of TD Ameritrade is coming up. He's going to tell us about finance. He's going to tell us about football. He's going to let us know how he's doing. All that and more coming your way as the Sports King rolls on Thursday with Ben Maitland. I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. This is Ryan Mitchell, former Washington Redskins, and you're listening to the Sports King on Sports 1061. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. It's time for the Joe Moglia Report with former Coastal Carolina head football coach and chairman of TD Ameritrade. With daily and weekly insights on football, leadership, and financial advice from one of the top business leaders in the world today. Now, direct from Coastal Carolina University, let's join Joe Moglia and the Sports King for the Joe Moglia Report. And welcome back. Uh, Coach, right off the bat, I've got to ask you, how are you and your family doing? Hi, uh, Jamie. Everybody's doing pretty well. Um, I think everybody's practicing the discipline behind behind distancing, um, and everybody's home. And the only issue I've got is my son Kevin was in a helio skiing accident about seven eight weeks ago in Canada, and really messed up his knee entirely. Tore the ACL, MCL, meniscus, and patella, and needs surgery on that badly, but not able to get it because of the virus. Then he contacted the virus. So he's been home in his apartment in New York City, you know, with both the virus and, you know, and me that he can't walk. Oh, my so gosh. Other than Kevin, and his attitude is good. He'll, he'll figure it all out and he'll get better. But other than Kevin, everybody's fine. 
Uh, we'll pl- we'll definitely pray for Kevin and his health and, and safety, and uh, definitely so sorry to hear about that, Coach. I know that uh, having had family members with knee surgeries, that is one thing, but to have those type of uh, knee aspects is definitely a lot of pain, and definitely uh, with what he's going through, we'll pray for him and hopefully have a speedy recovery once this is done, and uh, so sorry to hear that. Um, in terms of you and the rest of your family, how are you passing the time? Uh, you're a man that's constantly traveling, constantly on the go. Uh, it has to be a major uh, adjustment for you from that standpoint. Overall, uh, how are you doing in regards to just not being able to go where you want to go when you want to go? Well, the reality is I think, you know, part of leadership philosophy is you got to be prepared for things that you don't anticipate. So you've got to be able to adapt and adjust. So it's not that difficult to do that for me. Now, so what am I doing? Well, I'm in my place in Myrtle Beach, but I have an advantage there because it's on the ocean. So the beach is really pretty private, and I can go out there, and that's a great sight to see, and it's great to be able to walk on it. But I'm doing a pretty good job of getting my workouts in. And with all the stuff going on in the marketplace, I'm able to spend much more time on my own portfolios and you know, follow what's going on. So that's been helpful. Now, where I have been a disgrace is about 9 o'clock at night, I start to put on Netflix, and I'm binging, and then I start eating ice cream and sandwiches, then I have a beer, then I'll have another beer, and it's 2 o'clock in the morning, and I'm still up nibbling. So other than that, you know, it's been, I, I, I've been reasonably productive. Now, see, Ben, you and I have been talking that we've wanted to be like Coach Mowgli. We want to be like Joe Mowgli, and now we are. We do the same things he does at night. How about I that, Ben? Just thinking the same thing. He's he's not the only one that's doing that right he's now. He's like us. Yeah. There you go. Right. Hey, hey, Coach, we all miss sports, and, and this time has caused me to be very introspective in regards to what's really important in life. What have you missed the most during this unusual time in our history? I think the reality is the contact, you know, the human contact with other people. You know, being able to sit down with somebody for a meal, uh, being able to, you know, freely go to a restaurant or a movie without worrying about that, getting on a plane, going going where you need to. So, and so, you know, what I miss is the restrictions that 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 we need to be able to follow to be able to handle the virus. So, I very much understand why, and I accept that, and I make the most of it. But I, I miss I miss the lack of interaction with other people. Now, one thing I was wondering, just from a perspective standpoint, how does one of the greatest business minds on the planet approach things now that the world has come to a virtual halt in so many ways. I know you're keeping busy looking at the markets, but how are other ways that you're approaching this in terms of uh, now that things are not what they were before? Well, I think we got, I think number one, we got to conquer the virus and, and you know, it gets politicized a little bit and there are different perspectives on state to state. And then, then, you know, some of, some of the media sensationalizes it a bit, but it's easy to get, accurate numbers on a daily basis about where we stand in the United States with the number of cases and the number of deaths and same thing globally. And then I also take a look at Italy and China in terms of what's going on there. But we need to see those numbers start to stabilize. So each day there's an increase in, you know, cases or deaths by 10 to 25 to 30%. Well, that's got to level off. When that starts to level off, then I think there'll be light at the end of the tunnel. All right, so number one, we got to take care of that. In terms of the light at the end of the tunnel, I think everybody realizes, you know, you can get a lot of work done and, and, and be productive, and you don't necessarily have to be in a particular office or a particular building. I think that will, that, that will have an impact going forward because, uh, you know, it, buildings and, 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 and bricks and mortar can be very, very expensive. Now, that doesn't mean that's not going to continue. People will go back to work with other people. But, you know, the ability to work from home, and really function and get business done, you know, has, 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 has been proven that we can certainly do that. 
And I'll bet that happens more going forward. So business leaders need to think that through. You're listening to the Joe Mogley Report. Brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. Heard exclusively on the Sports King Show on Sports 106.1. Coach, I don't want to diminish the loss of life in any way as those most effective. It's been a truly staggering situation from a human standpoint. And we all know that because we see it every day. Beyond the human aspect, which is hard to overlook, when you look at things from an economic standpoint, uh, from your perspective, how do you see the country coming back? What is your forecast timetable for things to get back? People have said maybe third quarter, maybe fourth quarter. From your perspective, what do you see this and how do you see this unfolding? Well, the reality is nobody knows. I don't care what they say. Nobody really knows what's going on. So I do know for a fact, I don't care what the the actual definition is uh, in terms of recession, but we are definitely in a recession. Um, and again, the number one thing is to be able to get the virus behind us. Uh, but what this has done is had its tremendous impact on, on productivity in those sectors that can't do business. You know, the entertainment area, the the, 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 the restaurant area, uh, planes, uh, cruises, et cetera. And, you know, now that's going to have now while the government's doing a great job, I think, of being able to help with a two trillion dollar package. You know, it's it's people people are not automatically going to start going out and. It's going to have a real major impact on business. Today they had today they had uh, unemployment numbers. It was six point five million. Most of the last five years is around two hundred thousand, two hundred thousand to six point five million, and that's just going to get worse. So we don't know. So it's going to have a major impact on on companies' earnings, and the markets are kind of a leading indicator in terms of where they see the markets. Like six months or so, what's going to happen to the economy? You know, we're going to we're going to stay under pressure. What's going to happen to GDP? It's going to come down. Uh, what's going to happen to earnings? It's going to come down, and there's always there's going to be continued pressure on the market. Now that's going to happen. Now the plus is everybody knows that, and they're prepared for that, and they realize that eventually we will get back to business as usual. But if you're a business that has a lot of leverage, and you owe a lot of money, and you're not able to pay that, you can go bankrupt. Now, again, that's where the government wants to coming back in. So I, I can't give you a time when it's over. I do say. When you see the numbers stabilize in the United States for like three or four days in a row with regard to the virus, then it'll be right at the end of the tunnel. I think maybe six months from there, uh, probably six months from there, we'd, we'd probably be back to business as usual. It, it's so hard when you see and look at what happened in the past. The economy was at an all-time high. The stock market was booming. And just a span of a very short time, something to go through like this that was so unseen, it's just been amazing to see. Uh, how things can change very quickly. And I uh, know when you're not prepared fully for something you've never experienced, it, it's very tough, as you as you know well. Um, when you look at things uh, unfolding from an athletic standpoint, many sports fans are worried about the loss potentially of a college football season or an NFL season. Do you, in your heart of hearts, think things may get back on track by the fall? Yeah, I think so. Uh, but again, it's going to go back to what we said a little while ago, Jamie. you got to look at the virus numbers. If the virus numbers stabilize, then that probably tells us we're at the peak and we're going to start to get better from there. So if that happens in the next uh, two, three, four weeks, well, then, you know, we're in April. And then six months later, you might be in October. But let's see where we are kind of in July. Certainly everybody in the world wants football season to take place. There's no question about that. And will it get pushed back a little bit? Will it be played in front of no fans for a while? You know, will all those things happen? Yeah, I think, I think those things could happen. But this is, this is easy. This is not that complex. When the virus is under control and we can kind of get back to normal, then normal will be 
you know, football and all the other sports are start up. Until then, you know, it, it, it does not make any sense to take that risk. And I think everybody understands that. Disappointed. Disappointed. And a little frustrated, maybe, but I think understands that, you know, we're prioritizing this the right way. You're still very close to the Coastal Carolina coaching staff. Of course, the head coach there, uh, you appointed him and uh, he followed you there. How do you and how would you advise Coastal or any team to get through the current situation as a former head coach with so much in limbo? How do you keep your team prepared? Well, you, you, you want to, number one, emphasize, I would go out of my way, and I think our coaching staff, Jamie Chadwell and, and staff, have done this, to educate our guys. This is what happens to the virus. This is how you get it. This is what it means to your lungs. And even though you're younger, you're not, you're not, you're not, you're not immune from this necessarily, you can contact and you can give to somebody else. So recognize that you could be a carrier, and even if it doesn't impact you, it could impact somebody else. Number one. Understand that. So number two, understand those are the reasons why you need to be isolated or in one spot, et cetera. But you still need to be able to work out. You still need to be able to exercise. You're doing your classes online. you got plenty of time to be able to do that. So you can always figure out some way to work out. You can always figure that out. I don't care if you don't have any weights in, in, in your home. You can figure it out. You can pick up chairs. You can, do, you can figure it out. You can always go outside to get a run in, you know, to kind of work out that way. You can always look at some film to kind of keep abreast in terms of what's going on. I think from a coaching staff perspective, what they're doing uh, is, you know, they're able to recruit pretty aggressively right now because they have more time. And I'm sure, I know our guys are, I'm sure most of the staffs are working on, you know, what would be the game plan if they, if we're going to open up in the next two weeks going into the season against the opponents that, 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 that you know you're going to play. So everybody tries to, that would be my advice. And that's what I'm hoping most people are doing. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061. It's that time of the show for the Joe Mowgli Report for listener questions. Question number one, Phyllis from Morgantown, West Virginia, coach, wants to know, do I get out of every stock I own or do I just take my losses, put the money that I have left in the bank and put it back when things return to normal? What does Phyllis do? Yeah, Phyllis, I I don't think you just take your money out. I think now I don't know your personal situation, so I don't know what you need to have in terms of liquidity or cash. But in general, as far as the discipline goes, you don't take your money out, uh, but you do want to trim into strength. So when the markets are doing well, you want to take some off the table then. And then when things are not going particularly well, you want to start to nibble and start to buy. buy. So, it's, so it's disciplined to be able to do that. You've got to pick your spots. Like where would you start to trim your positions at what point on the S&P, for example, and where would you start to buy again? I personally, I'm going to trim if the S&P winds up getting to 2800 and I will start to add to my positions if it winds up getting to uh, 2350 All right. Tom from Allentown, Pennsylvania, wants to know if you've ever in all of your investment career faced anything like this. Of course, we had 9-11 and so forth and some other tragedies along the way. But do you think, and his question basically is, do you think we're going to recover from this eventually, Coach? We're definitely going to recover. There isn't any question about that. You've got every biotech pharmaceutical company in the globe working on a potential solution. Uh, I have no doubt we're moving in the right direction. You've seen stability in China where all this started. Uh, so we are definitely going to get out of this. That's why between now and then, you got you got to stay, you got to understand what the situation is, so you don't get sick. You got to follow the discipline and the guidelines. And with regards to the market stuff, I would I would seriously take a little time and look at them, and I do what I just said a, said a minute ago. I would I would trim somewhat into strength, and I would nibble nibble on weakness. 
All right. Peter from Frederick, Maryland, coach, wants to know, Johnson & Johnson has been working on a coronavirus vaccine. Do you believe, his question is, in investing in pharmaceutical companies as a rule? The answer is yes. I think, actually, when this began, you know, they were talking about Regeneron, having had the answer, and I, I bought some Regeneron early, and I was kind of happy with that. But then they talked about Gilead had something, and then, then Johnson & Johnson's got something, and somebody else has something. And I realized that while it's a great sector, while it's a great sector, and I do want to own pharmaceuticals, you know, the, the Johnson Johnson is a great company, but I don't want to do them for a trade. I don't because I'm not gonna, I'm not going to pick the one that's ultimately going to come up with a solution. So I sold my positions of pharmaceuticals. But when th- this is over with, you know, I would want I would want a, a couple of good pharma stocks in, in in my portfolio, and just look at the bigger ones that have good balance sheets and have have, have good yield. Eric from Dallas, Eric from Dallas, coach asked this question. Of course, all of us, and he's heard the show uh, and how much we wish you were our financial analyst. But he asked a question: uh, If for those of us that can't have Joe Mowgli as our financial analyst, what should we all look for before signing up with a portfolio manager? I think you know. I, I would do. I think one of the most important things in the business world and the coaching world that that I do is make sure I have the right people around me. So I would do I do the exact same thing with regards to who would be my financial manager. I would really do my homework. I would look how long have they been in the business, what kind of team do they have. I would definitely, without question, uh, I would try to find out you know two or three of two or three people that 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 are their clients, and I would have conversations with them through difficult. For example, every financial consultant in the world through this period should have contacted their clients. I bet you most of them haven't. Well, if the, the person you're talking to hasn't contacted the client, he's not the person you want. You need somebody that's going to be there in difficult times. So I would, I, I would do my homework. I'd find out what kind of team they have, and then I would definitely make it a point to talk to some people that, 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 that are their clients and, and find out what kind, of service and, what kind of service and advice they've gotten over time. That, that would be how I'd pick that. All right. Kansas, uh, Candace from Sacramento, California, wants to know, what are the keys to look for in buying stocks as a general rule? What are basically, I guess, some key indicators you look for out of the gate for stocks overall? I think there are right now, looking at the markets today, there are probably three things you look at. The number one thing is what's the balance sheet. If they have too much leverage, you've got to be careful because they could very well get into trouble. If they have a good clean balance sheet with good cash flow and, and good cash reserve, that's number one. Number two, I think you've got to believe in what they do. So if, if you're looking at Amazon, you believe that you know part of the future is going to be their delivery service and all the way they handle things. That's great. If you look at a pharmaceutical company, and you look at what they do, and that's something you believe in. That's great. If you're looking at something else and that's not what you believe in, then do not go in that direction. So there's got to be something that you believe in that will be needed and necessary for the future so it can do well That from that perspective. And then the third thing, I tried to buy it when I thought it was good value. So, so we'll get back to what I, what, what, what I wanted up saying before. The markets are very volatile. They're going up and down. But that does give you an opportunity to buy those types of companies, you know, where they are really getting hit. And they don't have the same problem as maybe somebody else does, but they go down in sympathy with the rest of the market. That's a good time to step in. You're listening to the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University. Heard exclusively on the Sports King Show on Sports 1061. Our final question from a listener, Coach Carlton from Buffalo, New York, wants to know how much weight do you put on a CEO and owner of a company in regard to investing in stocks of a particular company? 
It's pretty critical because, you know, it's the CEO that ultimately is going to determine strategy. But he's, it's not the board that determines that. The CEO determines that, then brings it to the board for their, for their, for their support and approval. Uh, so is it the right CEO? Is it the type of person that really does do a good job handling their employees and, and their clients? The business is not that difficult. The business people need to take care of their employees because they're the ones that deliver the value to the clients as well as to the shareholders. And you don't have a business if you're not doing a great job taking care of your clients. So I would make sure it's that type of CEO, and he's got he or she's got that type of track record. Coach, a personal question for me. You're one of the most positive people I've ever known in terms of your leadership style and everything you do, not only in the football field, but in the boardroom as well. Uh, how do you and what advice would you give us in terms of staying positive through uncertain times? I know that uh, one of your leadership aspects is leading uh by example in everything you do, how do you uh, get folks around you uh, to follow in your lead in terms of being positive despite uncertain times? I think the first thing you've got to do is make sure you really understand what the problem is. And once you understand that this is a serious virus and, and potentially could take somebody's life, and, and because it's a contagion, it's got to be handled certain ways with regards to the quarantining and the isolation and the wearing of the gloves and washing your hands, et cetera. That's number one. Number two, I think you've got to recognize that we really do live in the greatest country in the world, and we've got the greatest scientists and medical staff in the world, and we will figure this out, and we will get it solved. And in this one case, you've got the whole world trying to work together on this because it's a global problem, not, not just the U.S. pandemic. It's a global pandemic. Uh, so, so this is going to be okay, and there's going to be light at the end of the tunnel. And, you know, a year or so after this is all over, we're going to be back to normal and everything's going to be okay. So I would have that type of hope. And then in the meantime, I think you've got more free time than what you normally would. Make, make it as productive as possible. Do the things you enjoy doing. Do the things that you need to be able to do. Catch up on that type of stuff, whatever you need to do with regard to work. Get that done. Remember your family. Sometimes you, you may be separated from them through this period, but you've got a great opportunity to talk to them, you know, on, on, on FaceTime and, you know, Zoom or just on the telephone or whatever it might be. But keep yourself positive and try not to pick up too many bad habits. Like what I said with me, where at night I'm starting to binge and watch all sorts of crazy TV shows. <laughs> and then I start eating and I don't stop and I go to bed at 2 a.m. I noticed in all that advice, you didn't mention honeydew list, so that's got to be off the charts, and we can't uh, do any of that, right, Coach? Right, Coach? Please, Coach, say <laughs> that. Since I'm divorced, we say absolutely. There you go. The there you go. Your castle. You do what you want. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Coach. Listen, we're going to take a time out. We're going to come back. It's a time of the report we love the most. It's going to be the advice financially and otherwise from Coach Joe Moglia. Don't touch that down. We're going to come back with the final segment, and we're also going to talk to him as he discusses what we need to do going forward. And also, you don't want to miss this financial advice. It's what we live for every week. Joe Moglia returns with us after this break. Hi, this is Andre Ryden, and you're listening to my friend, Jamie King, the Sports King on Sports 106.1. Looking for a top-tier university that is affordable? Coastal Carolina University offers more than 100 undergraduate and graduate programs designed to help you earn your degree. Visit coastal.edu and learn more about the coastal commitment to student learning and student-led research. Coastal Carolina University is consistently ranked as a top best value university in the South. Visit coastal.edu to learn more and schedule your campus tour. Let's get back to the guy who said where there's a will, there's a relative. Oh, you're listening to Sports King right here on Sports 106.1. 
Welcome back, Sports King of Sports 106.1. We are indeed honored, as we are every week, to hear from, we think, and everybody out there that hears him knows this, uh, one of the most brilliant minds in all of business and finance and football. He has done it all, and, man, I can't wait till the book comes out. Mr. Joe Mowgli, our special guest, the Joe Mowgli Report, brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show right here on Sports 106.1. And now, Coach, it's the time of the report that we love the most. It's where you give us your best financial advice uh, for the week. Uh, we have our pens and paper ready. Fire away, Coach. Okay, normally I don't give a specific investment, but I'm going to do that this time. There's a woman by the name of Kathy Wood who used to be at Alliance Bernstein that was their, one of their most outstanding um, portfolio managers. I got to know her because they ultimately wanted to buy in a TD Ameritrade stock and we were trading about three or four, and the due diligence she did coming after me and investigating what kind of firm we really were before she made those, made those purchases was incredible. Because of that, I've given her my more money to manage for quite a while. She stepped down from Elias Bernstein about six, seven years ago, then started her own company. It's an asset management company. It's called ARK, A-R-K. And um, I, own, I, own her, I own her positions. I, I mean, I own her funds. They're actively managing uh, ETFs, uh, very, very reasonably priced with regards to the fees. And um, uh, it, it, she was the first person uh, that was a really institutional investor to actually buy Tesla back in 2015. She's also the first person to get involved with cryptocurrencies. And her entire objective is to find companies that really truly have a disruptive, uh, a disruptive competitive advantage and have decent balance sheets. So they're going to be there five years from now. And she, 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 she's done excellently. The, uh, the, the, the portfolio that I would recommend is ARK K, just like the letter K. And uh, that's a blend of the different portfolios that she actually manages. But I have, a tr- I have a lot of money in each of her funds, and all my family and friends have, have that exposure to RK as well. So I already own it, and I'll continue to put money into it. RK. You write that down, Ben? As soon as we're done, you shift everything we have over there. Everything. Mm-hmm. Make the move. Coach, we'd be remiss if we didn't let you uh, send a message out. I know uh, – you are, as I said before, one of the most positive-minded guys out there in terms of all you've done. What's your best advice as we continue to uh, try to get closer to this being uh, hopefully at an end at some point sooner rather than later? Uh, your best advice for all of us that are dealing with this uh, as a nation and as a world? Yeah, I think, number one, we really got to recognize that this is a serious contagion and we've got to practice the discipline that we're told to do in terms of distancing, washing hands, et cetera. But we also know we live in the greatest country in the world and we're going to get out of this. We're going to find a solution for this and eventually we're going to be back to business as usual. In the meantime, a leader, a really good man, a good father, a good husband, a good woman, a good mother, et cetera, a leader steps up in times of crisis. So you want to be an example for the people around you and recognize that we're going to get through this. So this is not the time to pick up crappy habits. It's the time to make sure you, 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 you reinforce the things that you know you need to be doing. And ultimately, everything everything's going to work out for the best. You know, Coach, I couldn't agree more. And I've always felt 
I think when it's all said and done, we're going to be closer than we've ever been and we'll be better than we've ever been. And this country is just going to take off. I know it's a very sad time right now we're all dealing with, but thank you so much for those great words of advice and all the financial advice as well. And we want you and your family to stay safe and we're thinking of you and praying for your family and your son. And uh, please uh, let them know we're pulling for them to get better soon. And uh, we love hearing from you, as you know, and uh, you are the best. So thank you so much for joining us today on Sports King. Well, I wish you and your family and Ben and his family and all your your all your fans the very, very best as well. Keep everybody safe. Thank, Thank you, you, Jamie. Thank you, Coach. Thanks, You've been listening to the Joe Mowgli Report brought to you by Coastal Carolina University, heard exclusively on the Sports King Show and Sports 106.1. And, uh, Ben, I tell you what, uh, the guy, he's lived a life like few have ever. And they've talked about a movie on his life coming out uh you know, down the road here, uh, a book definitely in the works. Uh, you just can't say enough. It's very rare when you have somebody that has a life that does one thing well as a football coach, a winning football coach. But the guy did that and has done billion-dollar deals and to the trillions of dollars. And I just marvel at the guy. I mean, I look at him and I'm like, you talk about idols, you got the Warren Buffetts out there and the guys you admire. I mean, Joe Mowgli to me is at the top of the list. I mean, we are so fortunate to have him on our show and uh, to be able to call him a friend is something for me because I just admire him so much because I know how hard, having been a football coach, how hard that is. But then for me to say, hey, I can go in a boardroom and put together a $26 billion deal, you're talking about skill sets that are next level. So I know you've always been impressed with Coach in terms of what he's done both in the boardroom and on the football field. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm just glad that we have something in common. Again, that he stays up until midnight, 2 a.m. and Oh, I thought you were going to say financially he has something like and, uh, and watches bad television. That's what I do too. So I was hoping he would when he gave us that arc reference about where to put – uh, our funds, he would have said, and boys, by the way, I'm going to throw you a little something. How about uh, <laughs> yeah, me, me cool. set up a couple little accounts for you boys? That'd be and, nice. Uh, that'd be, no, I'm just kidding. But, but um, uh, no, he's uh, been there, done that, certainly, uh, both in the boardroom, on the sidelines, and a lot of respect for the dude. Yeah, he is, uh, like I say, uh, lived a life so extraordinary in terms of what he's done, and uh, we just absolutely enjoy talking to him. and. Uh, what he's done for Coastal Carolina. When you look at the facilities there alone uh, and the impact he's had not only on the football field, but everything along those lines with the university is just amazing. And we love the folks at Coastal Carolina, an amazing school, folks. If you ever think about going to a university that has it all, Coastal Carolina is one of those special places. And uh, we definitely uh, appreciate them and them being a part of our show every single week here on the Sports King Show. And uh, we've got uh, a lot of things happening tomorrow on the Sports King Show, Ben. I have put it out there. I want it to be a day of, and I talked to our great uh, president, Bob Willoughby, about uh, doing a show tomorrow about faith and family and friends and our future. And what we're going to do is have people, uh, we're going to promote their businesses, we're going to promote their charities, we're going to promote their uh, foundations, anything out there that we can help people with and just give them a little bit of boost. Mr. Willoughby was like, hey, please do. Anything we can do for our community, I want to be a part of. So I was really happy to hear that. And the station has just been exceptional in terms of that aspect because this station wants your businesses to thrive. And uh, that's one thing that impressed me about Mr. Willoughby when we uh, – actually, he's Bob now, by the way um, – 
in talking with yeah, Bob. You're on a first-name basis. Yeah, we're on a first-name basis. When he said to me, you know, hey, we want to be ingrained so much in the community, and we want those relationships, and we are pulling for the success of all the businesses out there, the fact that I know – uh, these aren't just clients we're talking about. These people become your family and friends. And, uh, you know, I know Big Al feels the same way, that uh, we all really want these folks. I want every business. I want Tim Cosgrove to shatter records at CMA Colonial Honda. I want uh, the folks at Coastal Carolina to have uh, sellouts in terms of the amount of people that go to their university. Uh, Dr. Paul Ross, you know, he's had 180,000 people come through his podiatry center, and I want more to go there. Everybody that works with us, um, Andrew Fisher at NERV, the NERV Corporation, of course, uh, thinkoutsidethewebsite.com. I want them to have great uh, business uh, as well. I mean, all the people uh, you just pull for because you know they're struggling, but uh, we're going to do our part tomorrow and have a special day where we give shout outs, take phone calls and do some fun things. So um, I'm real excited about that. Kind of a new twist on what we're doing here, but I think it'll be a fun day and uh, have a lot of fun. What are you looking forward to this weekend? I know you've been looking at that e-racing deal and you were talking about that uh, getting even bigger now. Well, if you look at the numbers from viewership over the weekend for the uh, the race in Texas, they were around 1.3 million, I think. So they set again the record for viewership for an esports event on television with the Homestead race, uh, what little over two weeks ago now, and then uh, the uh, or right at two weeks ago now, and then this past weekend in Texas, they went in and broke their own record for uh, for viewership as far as NASCAR was concerned. I thought that was awesome. Uh, they ran a World of Outlaws race that was televised the other night on dirt, which I thought was cool. And I just saw something a little while ago that I thought was interesting. NBC Sports, I believe, is getting in on the mix and has teamed up with iRacing to form a new short track series, which I think is cool. Uh, we're talking racing at places like Rockingham, uh, Indianapolis Raceway Park, which is just down the road from the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, the old racetrack down at Myrtle Beach there in South Carolina, Martinsville. Uh, that will air next week, according to Adam Stern. He covers um, motorsports and uh, esports, and he's a reporter for the Sports Business Journal. Had that on Twitter a little bit ago. So there's something else that comes into the fold. Not only Fox, but NBC is getting in on the mix, too, and we'll have some televised uh, iRacing stuff. So I think that's awesome. And I'll be tuned in on Sunday uh, for Bristol, Bristol you know, in, in the real world is knock down, drag out, fighting, you know, bare knuckle, uh, short track. So uh, on a weekend when they would have been in Bristol, in Tennessee, running the real thing, they're going to be running it uh, in the virtual sense again on Sunday. And I'll have a beer and I'll be tuned in. It's It's been fun. I, I'm Every time I watch it, I'm like, do I really, do I want to invest in the software? Do I do I want to pony it up right now? Maybe when, when the dust settles from uh, from the uh, all the coronavirus stuff, I, I might invest in a in a setup for myself. You get perked up every I mean, time you talk about it. I see how much cool, you enjoyed man. it. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the, the best thing that we got right now without the real deal as far as actually having cars on the racetrack. So we'll, uh, I'll keep watching as far as the, the business side of things. And, and you mentioned doing the show tomorrow, letting people, uh, you know, say their piece as far as business goes or, um, or what have you, we've been doing the summit media cares thing at the, here at the office also Yep. Uh, across all of all six of our stations. Uh, running PSAs, I think, as often as twice an hour, promoting ways that people can support local businesses. So if you hear that play here on the station, feel free to reach out to uh, to someone here at Summit, and we'll uh, get you uh, squared away as far as maybe advertising the business. Absolutely. So 
And try to help out as much as much as we possibly can. That's why I love this company because it does so much for businesses and uh, it's a great joint effort together. And we love our businesses and our sponsors. I want to pass along a sad note, Ben, a uh, longtime Chicago White Sox radio broadcaster, Ed Farmer passed away 70 years of age. Um, they say that uh, he was a broadcaster for the Chicago White Sox nearly 30 years. He played 11 seasons in the major leagues, including three with his hometown. White Sox was a strong advocate for organ donations. So, uh, sadly, um, longtime broadcaster Ed Farmer passed away at 70. And uh, we are sorry to hear that. And uh, we got some information uh, about some more sports stories of interest that you don't want to miss uh, around the next break, which we're getting ready to take right now. So we're going to do that. Come back, uh, talk about Coach O. Uh, Coach Odron, and uh, what do you have to say about that? Go exactly. Well, something happened on the personal side with Coach O. We'll tell you about that and much more. You're listening to Sports King on a Thursday morning on Sports 1061. Hi, this is Andre Collins, former Washington Redskin and Super Bowl champ. You're listening to Jamie King on the Sports King for 1061. With 19 NCAA Division I sports and 84 majors, Coastal Carolina University affords student-athletes the competition and learning they crave. From FBS football to ladies volleyball, from championship baseball to ladies lacrosse, from business to theater arts, Coastal Carolina University offers a depth of learning both on the field and in the classroom. Eager ambition is a hallmark of students and faculty at Coastal Carolina University. Schedule a tour and learn more at coastal.edu. Want to reach the Sports King? Call 804-327-0888. That's 804-327-0888. Learn it. Know it. Live it. Welcome back on a beautiful Thursday outside Central Virginia. It is gorgeous out, slight breeze, beautiful blue skies, sun is up, and we're one step closer to where we want to be. Unfortunately for LSU head coach Ed Ogeron, a guy that we love to talk about here, love to hear from, uh, he and his wife Kelly, uh, they've been married 23 years, they are divorcing sadly. So I just wonder if... She had to hear that a lot around the old house. I was just thinking the same thing. Maybe she heard that too damn much and started to hear it in her sleep, and she's like, I can't do it anymore. Yeah, yeah. Even yeah. after a national championship. Of course, Ogeron was hired at 58 years of age. Uh, he's currently 58, hired as LSU's defensive line coach in 2015. He had recruiting coordinator add to his duties in 2016. Four games into 2016, he was uh, the replacement for head coach Mad Hatter himself, Les Miles. And, of course, he went on to, to win a national championship this past season. And uh, sad to see that happens. But, you know, that's a long time. Uh, and, of course, uh, the rigors of recruiting and being away. And it's just a lot to it in terms of maintaining relationships. And you find that a lot of football coaches with being away, it's so hard sometimes to maintain that. Uh, but uh, sad news there. I wish them both well as they move forward uh, apart, I guess, going forward, though. Go Tigers, as Ben said. Uh, I love that, by the way. Go Tigers! I want to let you know, Ben, if you've got an extra $500,000, you might want to send it over to uh, our man uh, Darius Geis. Uh, It looks like uh, there was an article in today's Richmond Times-Dispatch through Michael Phillips of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. 
uh, former agent for Darius Geis, hit him with a lawsuit for $500,000 in unpaid loans. Uh, he signed with an agent, uh, Thaddy McHale, after le leaving LSU. McHale was with the Top Dog Entertainment, which represents a number of music acts, including Kendrick Lamar, but was just getting into the sports business. But in April, uh, weeks after uh, the draft, Geis uh, let McHale's agency sign with Young Money and ad agency founder founded by rapper Lil Little, not Little, but Lil Wayne. Uh, McHale filed a lawsuit in California court on Tuesday, alleging that Geis failed to pay back a loan and other expenses incurred on his watch. The lawsuit asked for $500,000 in damages uh, that the Redskin running back incurred, allegedly. Neither side could be immediately reached for comment. The lawsuit alleges Geis took out $191,000 in loan from McHale during the pre-draft process. Agents loaning players money is standard in the period after they leave college, but before they are able to cash her first professional check. Uh, this is a story with a lot of layers to it and a lot of money here, Ben. I just, um, it's hard to imagine 500000 putting yourself out there with nothing coming back. You think that's a little bit... Uh, uh, I can't heavy. imagine loaning five bucks to somebody right now, much less five hundred thousand dollars. Jeez, unbelievable! So I, I mean, there, it's one guys. Yeah, it's one thing to to throw out money amounts, but you know, for myself who comes here and runs the board every day, and I mean, we we do the show, and I mean, we're not pulling in you know like millions of dollars like professional athletes. This is you hear those numbers tossed around, and you're like, God, how do you part with that? You know, without you know. You know, at least it's, something's got to cross your mind. Like, do I want to do this? Should I do this? Yeah, go ahead and do it. <laughs> that's, God, that's well, crazy. I mean, he, crazy to me. First two seasons with the Skins, guys has twice suffered injuries, one in the preseason yep. game that forced him to miss a significant chunk of the season. He remains on the roster entering his third season of a four-year rookie deal. So good luck getting that money back. Uh, speaking of money, Ben, uh, in terms of the potential loss due to the coronavirus roundup, uh, deal that we're going through right now um, the virus damage to the nba could top one billion dollars is what they're saying um, because of all of the aspects of the loss one billion dollars to the nba and uh, not only the nba players but uh, we've talked about it at length here the stadium workers the people that park the cars the front office workers it is going to be a major loss for the nba the nba is trying to work something out where they can have a um, a smaller season, if you will, and a shorter deal here uh, without the rest of the regular season games, maybe go right to the playoffs. Don't know how that will work. Maybe a seeding type deal. The NHL may or may not come back. So we're all kind of on standby right now. But, uh, you know, it's hard, Ben, when you come in like we do today and every day and you look out and you see beautiful weather here uh, in central Virginia, you look out the window and you're like, looks like a perfect world right here from this vantage point, but then you start looking at everything going on around us and uh, just really uh, shakes you to the core, but we're here and we're working hard and you guys out there, we're praying for you, pulling for you. And remember to be kind to one another and to continue to uh, uh, spread any kind of love you can and call people. We've talked about it. Call the elderly, call the veterans. Uh, if you have anything extra, you can spare. Don't take all of your, uh, things you have to have essential, but if you have extra and somebody is in need, it's okay. You know, things will start coming back a little bit. You don't have to worry. We're going to be able to get through this together, but, uh, sharing is caring. If you can help anybody else, it's definitely, you know, appreciated. We had a young lady on our show here, 
a week or two ago that um, went around offering folks water and uh, uh, toilet paper and different paper products. So that's a small thing, but it meant the world to so many people in that environment. So uh, we are just applauding you guys for all you're doing. And tomorrow's show is going to be very special as we go through. If you have a business that you'd like us to promote for you, we'd love to do that for you. If you have a charity, we'd love to promote that for you. Um, also remember the Red Cross is in dire need of blood supply. So if you can offer any blood, if you are available and able to do so, please contact the Red Cross. We'd love to have you do that um, as uh, they're in dire need for that right now. But on the positive aspect, uh, we do hear some really positive things about some potential uh, breakthroughs in terms of some of the things they're trying to do. The uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, with the ZPAC aspect it could be something uh, that could work. And I know you've got some news items you'd like to pass along as well. Yeah, just some things that we've not touched on uh, during the show today. I know we had Cole at the very top, talked to him for a while, uh, had... Coach Mowgli on talking about finance and his outlook as far as uh, the COVID-19 pandemic and, and touching base with him and checking in uh, on his family as well. Uh, we mentioned this on Sports Phone with Big Al right off the top of the bat this morning that the uh, the British Open is the latest domino that's expected to, to fall on the sports landscape and is expected to be canceled. I don't think the Royal and Ancient has made an official announcement yet, but according to Golf, to Golf Digest, uh, the tournament was going to be canceled due to the uh, coronavirus pandemic. You've seen Major League Baseball cancel their London series already between, I think, the Cubs and the Cardinals were the teams that were set to play uh, over in London later this summer. That's not going to happen. You saw Wimbledon or Wimbledon be canceled for the first time since World War II. Uh, that's not going to be held. And now add the British Open, the Open Championship, to that list. Uh, it was supposed to be uh, at Royal St. George's Golf Club. Uh, that was going to be the 15th open ever held there first since 2011 and looks like it's not going to happen next year it's uh at st andrews you know the home of golf and it was supposed to be the 150th uh celebration i think of the 150th year of the tournament um so it looks like it'd be the celebrating the 150th year that has been in existence but it would be the 149th playing i think is what it's ultimately going to end up being so that's disappointing um as far as uh, the golf side of things, and that's every major. You know, the Masters has been pushed back to later in the year. Don't know what's going to happen with the PGA, um, where the U.S. Open is supposed to be held at Winged Foot up in New York. That's such a hot bid right now of uh, the coronavirus. I don't know what ultimately happens with the U.S. Open, and now the British looks like it's going to be flat out uh, canceled. So that's disappointing. i tell you what, that is disappointing. I, I did want to pass along to you, Ben, um, right now, uh, you know, I love the Skins, not a big Patriots fan, but I'm a Patriots fan today, and I'll tell you why. Uh, I'm a fan of anybody doing something to help, and the New England Patriots, hats off to you. They're doing their part to help combat the coronavirus pandemic in the USA. Of course, earlier this week, uh, they made plans to bring back more than 1 million N95 masks from China. So hats off to Robert Kraft and our organization. And Kraft has always been known to give, and this is something desperately needed. So for doing that, sending his uh, plane to go out and get a million masks, uh, man, just hats off. And we applaud you here from the Sports King Show. Great yeah, job. I think the plane was on the ground last I checked yep. um, with equipment being unloaded. This is, a, as far as the NFL is concerned, We'll kind of pivot to a different uh, headline. This is a cool story. I think it's a cool story. Uh, 
as far as the the NFL draft is concerned, the New Orleans Saints have uh, <laughs> apparently set up NFL draft headquarters down in a brewery in New Orleans, uh, with facilities closed due to the pandemic. The Saints have had to find a new space to to set up the makeshift draft headquarters. Um, so they turned to the draught, their draught headquarters, um, to set up shop. They have taken over the, I think it's a brand new facility, the Dixie Brewing Company in New Orleans East. That's owned by team owner Gail Benson. Um, Coach Sean Payton, of course, recovering from the coronavirus himself, uh, said the team is prepared to stay at the brewery through the draft on April 23rd through 25th if needed. So do they have somebody on site tapping the keg for them? Um, I would like to think so, but I think it's cool. I mean, teams are having to, to pivot and do interesting, new, unprecedented things in preparation for the draft, and where they're going to be set up is no exception. You know, I guess with facilities closed, you got to find some other kind of way to do it. So the Saints, uh, there's there's worse places to be. Absol- so. Absolutely. I did want to tell you that Denzel Ward, and this is a great story, Ben, um, he is going to pay the bills for 21 people out of work due to the coronavirus. Denzel Ward has used his platform to make a difference outside the realm of football since the Cleveland Browns drafted in fourth overall in 2018. The graduate graduate of Nordonio High School in Macedonia, Ohio, will continue to do so. Uh, the Browns Pro Bowl cornerback will pay a big expense for 21 people who are out of work due to the global health crisis. I'm telling you what, man, hats off to that guy. And uh, I did want to play. I don't know if we're able to, if you have Vince Scully. I want you guys to hear this. I love this, this message. Uh, one of the best voices of all time. It's a message we all need to hear. Here is legendary broadcaster Vince Scully. Spend the precious time at home with your family. Pray a little bit more like most of us will do. And above all, try to smile. Because when you smile, that makes everybody else feel better. Wow. God bless. Thank you. God bless you, Vince Kelly. And uh, what a great guy. And Yeah, uh, been around forever. I think he's in his 90s now and removed from the game here for a little bit, but still taking time out to um, record a PSA, and we've played it a couple of times now on here. It's it's good to hear his voice. You know, call your older family members, um, people who might be in a uh, nursing home or uh, assisted living facility, and just uh, let them hear, hear your voice. Yeah. Be a good thing, too. And so. I feel for all the people that are suffering through this because I know that uh, sadly, they're not able to be in the room with the folks, and that's the hardest right. part. They yep. have to talk through phones and walkie-talkies and all that. So it, it's just really tough in terms of on the families, too. We're praying for all of you guys. Tomorrow on the Sports King, once again, we're going to have a special day. We're going to give thanks to the area businesses. Anybody want us to promote you, please give us a call. 800, uh, excuse me, 804-327-0888 is the number. 804-327-0888 is the number. If you've got a charity, if you've got a business, if you've got a message of hope or love, we'd love to spread it for you on the Sports King Show. It's going to be a special Friday, and we hope you can join us on the Sports King. We want to let you know Big Al's new time, 8 to 10, here on Sports Phone. And right after that, our new time live is 10 to 12, every day, Monday through Friday. So uh, we hope to have you on board with us tomorrow. We will let you know it will be a special Friday show. And uh, we're wishing you all the very best wherever you're at. Hunker down, get through it together. And our prayers and thoughts are with all of you. And we wish you the very best uh, each and every day. We're getting one step closer. For my great producer, Ben Maitland, I'm the Sports King, Jamie King. Have a great Thursday. We'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the Sports King on Sports 1061.